reading for today. Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Galatians chapter 5. I invite you to open your Bibles or you may see the words on screen. Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 through 26. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh, and they are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions, envy and drunkenness, orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ, to Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Uh, For those who might not know that, probably you know it by now. But I grew up in a house with a yard full of fruit trees. And I think I've talked about this before. My wife says I'm starting to repeat my stories. And that's okay. Uh, There were all sorts of trees in our yard. We had uh, three kinds of mango trees. We had an avocado tree and an orange tree. We had a key lime tree that uh, suffered under the weight of a hurricane. We had a passion fruit vine growing over the the fence. And uh, there were bananas that grew up from time to time and a coconut tree in the front yard. Now, there was never a sadder moment in our yard when some rotten fruit fell down from the tree. Uh, Usually it came down because some bat had taken a bite of it in the night or maybe a rat had scampered up the tree and and then the water had come down and the humidity had rotted it from within. Now, uh, it happened most often to the soursop fruit and I didn't mind so much about the soursop because I hated that fruit with a passion. But when it happened to a mango, now that, that was sad because a fresh, a perfect mango That's a delicacy that can't be compared. It's like a peach in northern Michigan in perfect ripeness of season. Now, I I did eventually come around to liking soursop as an adult, but I I don't get a lot of chances to have it here in northern Michigan. Still, I I imagine you might feel like I do about rotten fruit. It, It is such a tragedy, a small tragedy, yes, but a waste, a loss of what could have been delicious. 
And Paul here is convinced that the law, the way of the law, the human-powered, selfish-driven way is the way of rotten fruit. It is the way of the flesh. It's the way of sin. It's the opposite of the way of the Spirit. And to walk by the Spirit, to live in the Spirit-filled way is such a different way of life. It bears fruit like love and joy and peace. It's a way of freedom, he says. But not freedom for the self, not uh, human sinful selfishness, but freedom for love. Freedom to love your neighbor. Now, just a few verses earlier here in Galatians, Paul had said that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Faith without love is not faith of Jesus Christ because he is love. Jesus was faithful to the cross because of love, and that's why faith working through love is all that matters in the end. Now today here we see Paul break it down even more. He says that faith is love in action, and that is true freedom in Christ. But we wonder, okay, so, so here's what that does not look like, says Paul. He says that the life that God calls us to live is a life of freedom. And it's this freedom that Paul has just proclaimed so triumphantly in verse 1 of this chapter. For freedom, Christ has set us free. And then in verse 13, he says it again. You, brothers and sisters, were called by God to be free. But freedom always comes with a warning attached. This freedom that Paul talks about is freedom for the sake of others. It's freedom to love our neighbor. It's not freedom to do whatever we want. Uh, Paul thinks that that kind of selfish liberty is what tramples on everyone else. And it is not the same thing as political freedom or or freedom of speech. We don't know what Paul would have said about our political systems today, uh, but we can guess that he would see some good and, and some evil in them. But the freedom of the gospel, he says, is bigger and different and better than any kind of personal or political freedom. It is, it is bigger than, I can do anything I want, so I will, or no one can tell me what to say or do, not some person or some government or some bureaucrat. No, that is not the freedom of the gospel. That is not what Paul is talking about here. Freedom is not for indulgence. It's not, I can do whatever I want. It's not the selfish human way. It's not the, the normal way that people would prefer to live, doing whatever seems best to us. That is a recipe for failure, says Paul. That's a recipe for rotten fruit. And the people of Israel had tried that again and again during the times of the judges. And in the book of Judges, there's this recurring refrain, everyone did as they saw fit. Everyone did what they wanted. The book says it again and again. And it was a mess. A big stinking cesspool swirling down into this drain of destruction. There was slavery. There was abuse. There was prostitution. There was violence. There was idolatry. And that is where the way of the flesh is headed, says Paul. Mutual self-destruction due to the selfishness of our human hearts. And Paul says here in verse 19 that the acts of the flesh are obvious. They are apparent to anyone. And he lists a whole bunch of things, some of which are obvious. And some of them are a bit more hidden, if you notice. There's sexual immorality and impurity and debauchery. Those are usually obvious. They're pretty external sins. Uh, Then there's idolatry and witchcraft. Those are sometimes public, but more often done in secret. And then there are the more internal acts of the flesh. There's hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, a selfish ambition, dissensions and factions, uh, and envy. 
And then he adds at the end two more obvious ones, uh, drunkenness and orgies, etc., etc., dot, 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 dot. Paul is saying, I could go on, but it is obvious where the way of the flesh leads. That is not the way of the Spirit. Those are the results. Those are the fruit of a life lived contrary to the Spirit. A life lived only according to self-interest. And there were, we, as far as we can tell, at least three different factions going on in the church in Galatia that Paul is writing to. There was probably a faction that was being swayed by these, uh, these false teachers uh, to follow the way of the law and to keep all the Jewish law. And there was probably a group of people who tattled on those people, people who were faithful followers of Paul's teaching of the gospel, who held true to his message, and they were the ones who warned him about what was going on there. And there very well may have been a third group too, a group of uh, Gentile Christians who found the freedom of the gospel so freeing that they thought, I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter how I live if I love Jesus. And all three of those, uh, both of those, the, the way of the law and the way of liberty, it's the opposite of the Spirit in every way. And Paul, here and elsewhere in his letters, uses those two terms, flesh and spirit, as opposites, as big categories. The way of the flesh is the natural human way. It's the selfish way. And the other way, the way of the spirit, is the way of the true self, the way of, the way of God, the way of the spirit who gives life even to the very flesh in our bodies. Now the flesh, he says, is against the spirit, and the spirit is against the flesh. And for Paul, it's one or the other. You cannot have it both ways. You can't live both ways, going back and forth from one to the other. These are the results of the way of the flesh, he says, a way, a way of life against the spirit. And, and you cannot live uh, one, one way and then the other. If you live by the spirit, he says, you won't or can't or, or should not act by the way of the flesh. If only it were so easy, though, we want to say to Paul. If only it were so easy, because we know uh, most of us, whether you've been a Christian your whole life or you've just come to Jesus, you're hearing the gospel today for the first time, most of us struggle with wanting to do things our own way, with wanting to do good things, whatever you think that means. And, and then you hear this list of Paul, this list of the acts of the flesh, the fruits of a life lived against the Spirit, and you think, yep, I've done that one, and that one, and, and that other one, yep. Uh, how do you know that you're living by the flesh? Well, you, you might find yourself consumed by distractions or, or constantly frustrated. You might find yourself spiraling downward into addiction. You might think you may wish you could act differently, but find yourself stuck in this pattern of behavior that is against all that is good. Let's hear that list again. Uh, this time from the message version, which sometimes brings a, a fresh sound to the scripture. And listen carefully for, for any of these things that hurt, that sting, that sound especially true to yourself. Paul writes in verse 19, It is obvious what kind of way of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, 
the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on, says Paul, and this time isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use this freedom, your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Now, is there anyone here who has not done one of any of those things? Because I'm sure all of us have at least one of those rings true because the, the way of the flesh, the way of sin, the way of selfishness is, is so common and so bad and, and so hurtful that we need to pause the sermon right here and, and go straight into a prayer of confession. And we need to ask God to forgive us for living by the way of the flesh. So will you pray with me right now? God... We've heard your word. We've heard the way of the flesh. And we stand condemned under that way. The way of the law. The way of selfishness and sin. For we have transgressed against you. We have sinned. Whether it's in selfishness, in in deed, in word, in the inmost secrets of our hearts. But you know our hearts completely. You knew us before we were born. And you, through the blood of Jesus Christ, wash us clean when we call on your name. For we who belong to Jesus Christ, we who follow him, are found in you. And in his blood we are made pure and fresh and new. So we trust your grace is enough to cover our sin, to wash us clean. For for the times we we go against your way and follow the way of the, the flesh. And every time we return to that way, which is not the way of the Spirit, For we find this war within us and we want to follow Jesus more and more. So by your spirit, work within us in your grace to to follow your spirit more and more. To, To receive the gift of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit with open hands and open hearts. We we trust that you are doing this even now in our midst. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. I'd like to uh, offer a chance for us to respond to that confession with an assurance of pardon from the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, question and answer 53, if you can bring that up on screen. The Heidelberg asks, what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? And we respond, first, that the Spirit with the Father and the Son is eternal God. Second, that the Spirit is given also to me, so that through true faith, he makes me share in Christ and all his benefits, comforts me, and will remain with me forever. This is God's grace to us today. Because here, as we see in Galatians, the the way of the flesh and the way of the Spirit, they are opposed and not equal. Because for those who are called to freedom, those who follow the Spirit, uh, those who the Spirit calls to follow Jesus are filled with the Spirit. The way of the Spirit is stronger than the way of the flesh. As the book of Joel uh, 2 verse 8 says, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. God's Spirit comes to fill all flesh, our flesh, with grace. Grace to live by the Spirit. Uh, And the Spirit frees us to love and to bear fruit. Now, the freedom that Paul talks about here means the freedom from the law, the freedom from the human way of selfishness, and and freedom for loving our neighbor. And one commentator says that that phrase, love your neighbor as yourself here, it does two things. It sums up the law. 
Love your neighbor as yourself sums up the law. Every law is connected to loving your neighbor. Every good thing is connected to truly loving your neighbor. And that's why God commanded his people to care for widows and for orphans and for refugees among them. God told his people to leave extra food for the poor at the edges of the field. God told his people to let the land rest every seven years. God called his people to live in freedom for the sake of their neighbors. And second, says the commentator, love your neighbor as yourself not only sums up every single law, it carries out the law. If you are loving your neighbor, you are doing the law. You are truly keeping the law. Every action that you do has to be held up to that standard of love. And if it falls short, then it is not the way of freedom in the spirit. And that's scary for us because love is dangerous. Love has no limits. Love doesn't care about our comfort or our convenience. It only cares for the other, for our neighbor. And love is the way of the Spirit. And how do you know that you're following the way of the Spirit? You love your neighbor. It's that simple for Paul. And when he comes to the fruit of the Spirit, it all is summed up in that loving of your neighbor as yourself. In verse 22, he, let's hear it again from the message version, what he says the fruit of the Spirit is. Paul says in verse 22, what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection uh, for others, exuberance about life, uh, a serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates people and things. And we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Life in or life by the Spirit is life lived God's way. And the fruit of that is all of these things in one. It's, a, it's an all-in-one package. You can't just have one fruit of the Spirit and not the others. You can't be like, I'm just going to work on gentleness now. I really don't want to work on patient endurance or forbearance with difficult people. You, you can't say, I, I have love but not self-control. Or I can do kindness but not peace. Nope, it's one fruit. It's one spirit. It's not many fruits. And those who are called to live by the spirit need to receive the gift of the spirit. You can't pick and choose which ones. You need them all. And someday we'll come back to them and try to figure out what they all mean and what they mean together in some sort of future sermon series. But if you show the fruit of the spirit, it will look different for you than for other people. You won't show gentleness or patient endurance the same way that someone else does. But if you follow Jesus, if you follow, if you live by the Spirit, then these things will show up in your life. In Jeremiah chapter 31, God talks about the Spirit coming. And the Lord says, The days are coming when I will make a covenant with my people Israel and with the people of Judah. And this is the covenant I will make with them. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, but they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The Spirit of God writes God's law on our hearts. It's by the Spirit that we come to know God, or or rather, as Paul says earlier, that we are known by God. 
God's Spirit is within us. It becomes our truest self, and we bear fruit according to the way of the Spirit. That's God's gift in us. It's what Jesus did when he was crucified and died for us. He, he put away to the end of the flesh with our passions and desires, and he makes us new creatures in the Spirit. So let's do it. Let's walk in the way of the Spirit, says Paul. But, but living that Spirit-filled way, walking by the Spirit, as Paul calls it, is not an easy way. It is the easiest way. Living by the Spirit is the easiest way because it is the way of God's grace, freely offered, freely received. It's the way that Jesus lived. It's the way that God calls us to live. The message version puts it this way. Since this is the kind of life that we've chosen, the life of the Spirit, let's make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. And that means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do. Each of us is unoriginal. Here's what life in the Spirit looks like. It looks like an old saint who is well aware of their sins and their faults, but all the more aware of Jesus' grace and love. It's a person who writes notes of encouragement or, or someone who shows up at celebrations and funerals and graduations. It's someone who is loving and joyful, peaceful and enduring, kind and good and faithful, gentle and self-controlled. Their life looks lawful and orderly, but it is truly free, free to love their neighbor as God loves them. And that's the way of the Spirit. That's the fruitful way. It's the way that is filled with good fruit, not rotten, stinking, bad fruit. And good fruit, a good fruit is like a taste of heaven. It's like a a blackberry that was just picked this morning or a, a bite of a local red haven peach at the peak of freshness with a juice running down your chin or a handful of blueberries straight from the bush into your mouth. Or maybe a mango in your yard, peeled and sliced and eaten with sticky fingers. That is the way of the Spirit. Dear brothers and sisters, you were called by God to be free. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. O Holy Spirit, you who walk the way of Jesus, who lead us to follow in his steps, we want to walk in step with you. We want to be people of fruit, people who walk in your way, who, who, who continually live by the Spirit. And we pray that you do that within us by your grace. For we trust that you are working good in our midst by your Spirit, that you are changing our hearts, that you are leading us away from the way of self and sin and law into the way of grace and love and peace. Help us to love our neighbor. Help us to live out the fruit of the Spirit in loving our neighbor, in the freedom that comes in the Spirit. For that is what you've called us to be. That's who you've called us, that's who you've called us to be and what you've called us to do. And we pray that we can be your people of the Spirit, walking in your way each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, and by the Spirit's power. Amen. Since Christ has set us free to live in this way of freedom. Let us respond in a song that that speaks of the freedom that Christ has given us, a song based on the book of Galatians. I invite you to rise in body or in spirit to sing 